everybody. Welcome back to Cruise Control. It is Friday, July 7th, 2023. Welcome back to Cruise Control, the home of entertainment news. Uh, sorry I've been gone for a long time, everybody. It's been a hot minute, but we are back here at Cruise Control. I'm so excited you're all here. There's so much we're going to go over. We missed a lot in the past, like, two weeks. You know, we were gone for a week. Then all of a sudden we had some... Whew, some COVID hit me pretty hard, everybody, but you know, that's how it goes sometimes. COVID hits you hard and you get back up and keep moving because you have to do it because you got to keep moving. There's a lot to talk about. And joining us back here on Cruise Control, it's been a couple weeks, but the last time we were here, she was here. The Enigma herself, Rachel Blakely, gaining it up. Rachel, how you doing tonight? Um- I'm here. I'm queer. Let's talk about some pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> so happy to have you back, anymore, Rachel. It's Pride Month every month in my house. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still the spirit is still there. How have your How have your couple weeks been? You been doing well? It's good. It's good. Been busy, but you know, it's all good. We I missed you. Missed the show. Glad you're feeling better. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's crazy. Weeks go by just like that when you're old, you know. I this is what it is. It's like bam, we're done. And now it's two weeks later and we're back and we got a touchy ghost back with us too. Mike Casey, welcome back to Cruise Control. How you doing tonight? The Enigma? What that's so <laughs> radical. What am I gonna get off? Like all I have all I have is Mike Doc, and you got me compared to the to that uh, okay. The, the Modoc comparison is okay. That's rad too. He's Wait, traveling man, the no. world, everybody, searching down those ghosts, touch him if you can find him, slap him across the face, save your family, save your kids, touchy ghost is here, Mike Casey. That's that's COVID for you, man. COVID is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, gives you, it gives you intro powers. It gives, it uh, gives you wings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Thanks, thanks for having me back. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of entertainment news going down. I've had comments. It just my brain is full of comments and I have nowhere to put them. So they've been just building up for weeks, right? Just weeks. Oh, just building up. Stuck there. Uh, I just need to just blast them out. You let it all burst out in some breaking news. Get it? All right, everybody. The very first thing that I want to dive right into is well. It's something we talked about a while ago, and it's time to address this because I want to address the Mario in the room. The Mario in the room, that's what I'm going to address. We had some comments on this before. And Super Mario Brothers was supposed to come out on the cock, on Peacock, on June 23rd. That's what we heard. You know, they had a main announcement about it. Deadline was talking about it. There were all these things online. And June 23rd came and went, and it's a new Mario. Mario, oh no, Mario did not show. So now there's another official announcement saying, okay guys, you're getting the Mario on August 3rd on Peacock. Now, I'll wait to see when I believe it. You know, I'll believe when I see it, I guess, whatever the terminology is, COVID brain. But like, yeah, they're saying August 3rd, this is coming out on the Peacock and it's the same structure we talked about before. It's gonna go there for four months, then it'll jump over to Netflix and then it'll jump back over to peacock after that because they have some weird streaming rights deal they worked out with illumination and universal and everything so if you were looking for mario and you made those comments on our video we apologize as i said in the chat mario is coming on august 3rd so get ready for a big hit in your home screen tv 
on the oh, cock. No. Watch it on the cock. Oh, it's a coming. People love Mario, but people hate. Well, they didn't hate, but they just haven't gone to see Indiana Jones as much as they thought. Indiana Jones is out the dial of destiny and is not doing as well as they wanted it to. They're expecting 180 million opening weekend. They were hoping for that. That's what they're expecting. It was a 295 million dollar budget, and with that kind of bucks going into this, they need wow. to make money in this. Let's go back in time, though. Let me let's go back in time. So the very first Raiders of the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Raiders of the Ark, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yeah, that's what it is. Raiders. Yeah. So Raiders made, I mean, you go back in time, it made $8.3 million opening weekend. Now you translate that to today's currency, about $31.5 million. Not a bad opening. This one made $82.5 million, so it did better, of course, than the first one. Overall, that movie made $354 million. Temple of Doom, well, how'd that do? That made $33.9 million. And today's average, $106.4 million. So it didn't do as well as Temple of Doom, but, you know, it's working its way up. Overall, that made $331 million. Still, Raiders of the Lost Ark is doing the best. Last Crusade comes out in 89. It made $37 million opening weekend. Translate to today, $77.5 million opening weekend. Not as good. That one's but the still, best one. <laughs> but still pretty good. What's the best? It's the best one. Yeah, overall, though. Overall, Rachel, though? Thanks, GR. Welcome back. Overall, that one made the best out of the original three at $474.2 million. No, so it did the best. Good. Did the best, adjusted. But what movie did the best overall? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's right, everybody. Did the best out of all the Indiana Jones movies. Opening weekend, $185 million. Overall, it made $790 million. So people trash talk that movie a lot. Of course, it's not anybody's favorite, I don't think. I think there's a lot of hype that went into that movie. And so that's why people came out to see it. They were excited to see Indy back and wearing the hat, whipping people, you know what I mean? In that refrigerator, you know, swinging through their vines with monkeys. They love that. They wanted to see Indy back, and that's what they got. But it didn't do that. I mean, people, it's not critically acclaimed. That's why this one happened. But what do you think? Do we think that Indiana Jones is going to fail, or will it do better than Crystal Skull? What do you think, Rachel? I see you, you know, itching at the bit right there. I think Crystal Skull is why this movie is doing so poorly. Because back in, like, what was it, 2009 when Crystal Skull came out, we were all super excited. Like, I went opening weekend. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. And we were all so excited. And then that movie fucking came out. And (laughs) it was the biggest disappointment of most people's, like, cinematic experience that year. Um, Nobody liked it. It was dumb. It was a bad movie. So I think people are really hesitant to see this one because of Crystal Skull. Myself included. I haven't seen this one yet. And I love Indiana Jones. I know. I haven't gone to see it either. Of course, COVID and all that. And I was gone. But still, Mm -hmm. it's like I haven't been rushing to the theater to go see it. And a lot of people haven't been rushing to the theater to go see it. So... It's, it's one of those things where, you know, you get the opening numbers and that 82.5 million is over all of 4th of July weekend. So you're talking about opening Thursday all the way to Tuesday. That's a big opening weekend. It made only 60 million over the weekend and Monday and Tuesday brought another 20. So, I mean, it's good, but it's not great for something this big. And you're right. There's, there's fatigue at the franchise. People don't trust it. After Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they all came out in waves to see that. And now they're like, well, we do it. It's the very last one. It's very unfortunate. I've heard good things about it but i've also heard a lot of comparisons to the crystal skull about how his mm-hmm. granddaughter character is very much falling in line with the shia labeouf character which you don't really care for that much Honestly, and she's shia apparently LaBeouf very mean the worst part the aliens the fucking aliens were the worst <laughs> part of crystal skull they didn't seem very indiana jones did they no it's no. you know i think the south park episode put it best when they commented on crystal skull what would they say i can't remember that would they 
Um, there was a whole episode where they, they had George Lucas and and the the Indiana Jones franchise, and and he uh, was very inappropriate towards it. I don't I don't want to repeat it because I don't want this to get demonetized. But... Right, we don't need that. <laughs> we, got, we got enough. We're burning enough bridges here on cruise control, as always. You know, it kind of happens. <laughs> Definitely not keen on seeing Indiana Jones. Yeah, you know that's the thing. Uh, spazic weasel yeah yeah welcome to cruise control yeah that's the thing a lot of people haven't been that excited about it and the thing is again the crystal skull there were so many changes too and i've heard about that for this there are a lot of changes in this too apparently they weren't really sure how to end it they shot multiple endings there's apparently a cameo at the ending and that's cool and all but she was supposed to be a bigger part in the overall arc of the whole movie before they changed a bunch, a bunch of things so this is how it goes in hollywood you know you change 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 reshoot 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 hope for the best it racks that budget way up and then we get what we get mike are you excited about this, this is these numbers make sense to you what do you think about indiana jones not doing as well as people thought it would opening weekend makes no fucking sense to me goddamn spending 300 million dollars <laughs> on the next one after kingdom of the crystal skull uh i just looked it up because i saw a 295 million dollar budget before advertising very before advertising I'm, mike i'm thinking i'm thinking about you know you could the hospitals you could build i'm thinking about the uh or if you lean more right wing the jet fighters that's like that's a, that's a, like, top <laughs> it, tier it took F- a lot of money to de-age harrison ford that man <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably that's probably where the majority of the budget went uh yeah you're i guess i guess whatever bad algorithm is uh is telling us where we should be putting money these days sees that kingdom of the crystal skull like oh that's the that had the biggest opening weekend that's the most popular indiana jones movie that's the one that everybody really likes no guys that doesn't mean you should spend 300 million dollars uh on on more of this uh that said um and i think that your take is very sage rachel i hadn't thought about about it like that but like that absolutely makes sense the, the the converse to that is that uh, my wife, who had some free time and was like, oh, I'm going to watch go watch a movie by, by myself, which she doesn't usually do. So I'm happy. Like, it's great. She went and did that. Like, what a great way to spend some time. Go watching a movie by yourself. She had, like, just her expectations were bottom of the barrel in the pits going in to see it. So she came out of it being, like, a flawed movie, but I enjoyed myself because I Good. went in expecting i was going to spend twenty dollars on pure absolute garbage i got what i was looking for good and that that very well could have been part of why uh crystal skull was so disappointing is because like the last one you had just come off of was last crusade and like how do you beat last crusade how do you even meet it it's so fucking good and then they give us the best one it's still the the best best, one it's objectively the best one junior You can't yeah. be Sean and Connery. As, like, you can't. You can't. As BSP said, can't. yeah, I bet Phoebe's great in this too. I know she's a phenomenal actress, and I know a lot of people have been raving about her performance. But I've also heard that she's like very uh, like angry in this too. And so that's one thing people were saying. It's like she's mean to Harrison Ford, and that's why people get mad about her character. But I just think it's fatigue, and I also think on top of that, you know, it's again what Rachel was saying. You're coming off a Crystal Skull. People are pissed off, and it's like there was no like oomph to get people out. And it's unfortunate because it's the last time that Indy's be wearing this hat 
and I love to see him come back because I love Harrison Ford. So unfortunately, he's like eight years old, and and he says he can't do it anymore. But somebody that can keep doing it is Ryan Reynolds. He's coming back for Deadpool, everybody. And Deadpool, everyone's talking about the costume. The costume's out there, everybody. So new pictures have shown from Vancouver on the set of Deadpool 3. We get Ryan Reynolds wearing his onesie, his Marvel onesie now as Deadpool. And, of course, it was a onesie probably before. I'm just calling her onesie because it's fun. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the leaked yeah. pictures came out. And I will say the one thing about this that probably people will go crazy about is that it's brighter red. That's one thing I can say about this. I guess it's it's brighter red. I think it was a darker, more biker look before for his costume. But this has definitely got more of a, you know, a, a brighter, you know, color, which is fine. It's Marvel. They're having a good time. I mean, Wolverine's be wearing that yellow suit too at some time. Can't wait to see pictures of that. So they're kind of going more comic accurate. Of course, his costume was redder than it was. Same thing happened with Daredevil. When Daredevil, they made his costume a bit brighter. They added in the yellow from the comics. Same kind of deal. So I expected the costume to change. But, you know, for me personally, it's not a big deal. I don't I don't think it's a huge big deal. I think it looks, if you look at it, no, it looks pretty awesome. looks pretty generic. This is about his, his guns. You need the guns. If you don't have the guns, it looks kind of weird, I guess, a little bit, this weird onesie thing. But overall, it's it makes sense to me. I don't think there's a big change here. I think Marvel's doing a good job with their costume work, and I'm not that crazy about it. But, Mike, what do you think? Is this look fine to you? Are you going to be ripping up some papers, throwing shit across the wall, and be like, what the hell? You messed up my de- my Deadpool costume, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Now I'm <laughs> aggravated. Now you got me all riled up. I'm ready to go. Like I'm going to be swinging through the trees. Um, little throwback to Indiana Jones there. Uh, let's see. This is. I had a note written up. I, I shouldn't say this one. I've got a joke written, but I'm doing it anyway this time. Get in there. I think my mom used to make me wear those same pajamas during holidays. You can see butt flap. My brother and I are still traumatized. Uh, <laughs> so, Look, so man, pardon. Deadpool's got to take a shit too. Give him the butt flap. Yep. Mm-hmm. Give him the butt flap. The, the butt flap isn't actually they they <laughs> want you to think that it's for practical purposes, but the true purpose of the butt flap is the humiliation of the wearer. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident of that. Um, so despite personal trauma, uh, you you pointed out uh, an interesting thing. Um, uh, you know thing that's been been happening with totally onesies right because it used to go it, it used to be everything had to trend gritty right for us to be able to accept like oh yeah that's the only way that this superhero could exist in the world is if his <laughs> aquaman suit was like shiny but kind of like armor dark, dark and shiny armor like <laughs> and now maybe i don't know maybe as a society either we're like trending in favor of capitalism where we're just like okay we've been exposed to enough of that so we want a little bit different um so we can go maybe a little bit more towards the towards the source material that had to print in whatever colors were available in the newspaper or whatever at the time um so it's it's interesting seeing that cultural shift towards the the bright colors like you know the the bright yellow bright blue wolverine that you and i grew up with i i think it's an interesting change but yeah it's it's a grown man in pajamas so that's, so that's I'm incredibly what it, angry so i'm very very angry angry you're not gonna take it anymore right mike take, just not gonna take, take it, it. <laughs> rachel what do you think is this upset you or are you like mike too it's just you know it, it's a costume it's fine you know like people should calm down a little bit right i'm mad that's not what i'm it, saying i'm saying it I'm feels mad. wrong to be talking about ryan reynolds without sabrina here i'm just gonna put that out there i know it feels wrong 
It goes wrong. Um, uh, I think it looks really baggy, which is not really a look that we're looking for here. Like, in that shot looks a little bit better, but in one of the previous shots you showed, like, his crotch was super baggy. Like, give us yeah. the bulge. There's a series of drawings out there where somebody takes um, the costumes and poses that female action characters are put in in comic book covers, like in literally the exact same one and copies it over to a male character. And it's my yeah. favorite thing ever. And I think, you know what? Sluttier costumes. Sluttier Sl costumes for male superheroes. Let's get it real slutty. If we're going to change it up, slut it up. Slut it up, Marvel. Why not? Yeah. Slut it up. <laughs> I I mean, I'm just like, honestly, you're, you're right. The, the tightness. I mean, they're usually like biker outfits normally, too, but you can't really make them too much like spandex. But that's what they try to do. Make it more like if you're going to roll around the ground. You're going to be comfortable. And this, I mean, I don't I see a little slack in there in the crotch. You can see that, Rachel. But I think it's fine. It's I that's, mean, once they put the belt on, you know, look like those saggy pajamas. That's the yeah. that they're going for, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bad look. It's, it, is, it is a bad look. It is a bad look. You know what also is a bad look, though? Whoo! Very bad look. And that is actor Allison Mack. Now, Allison Mack is getting out of prison. Her bad look has been that orange jumpsuit she's been wearing in prison for the past couple years. Very bad look. But honestly, uh, whew, this Smallville actor, like she, I mean, everybody probably heard about this a couple years ago. But 40 years old, getting out of a federal prison in California, this is this picture is from on Monday, she pleaded guilty in her role for sex trafficking case linked to a cult. It's called uh, Exum or ne Nexium, they're called. Nexium, Nexium, they're called. So, yeah. So, Nexium, apparently the main guy, Keith Ranier, he was, I mean, running these, these meetings. You know, people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars. He was a, you know, a motivational speaker trying to help them out. And then after a certain while, certain women he would start targeting, apparently, and then he would keep them on starvation diets. He'd brand them, actually, with his initials. And then he would order some of them to actually have sex with him. And there was a whole thing that went on for a long time. And, of course, it was disguised as a self-help thing, like a week retreat, pay $5,000, something like that. And Allison Mack was part of this. She was, like, helping recruit women, and she was helping him out. But, again... She went forward and she testified against him and she was very cooperative with the investigators. Of course, they brought her in first. And so she only got three years. I mean, she got off a good, you know, good behavior pretty much. Now, if she wouldn't have had the cooperation, she would have been in jail for 14 to 17 and a half years. He's in jail for a 120 year sentence. So, I mean, Bye. that's a lot of difference. I'm surprised <laughs> she got out right now, but she got out of jail and she was sentenced in 2021 and she's already she out now. So cooperated. <laughs> She cooperated. <laughs> womp, 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 womp. I don't know. But I, but, I, but I saw this and I was kind of shocked because this was a big deal. And I'm surprised they let her out early. I, I just, for me, I am. I thought they just like, especially you got such a good deal as it was, make her serve the whole time. Of course, she said that she's going to go out there and, you know, live with all this for the rest of her life and all the victims that she hurt. But of course you would, unless you're, you know, a devil in disguise. I don't know. But Rachel, you hear about this. What do you think? Do you think this is fine that she got out early? Or do you think that it should have been a harsher punishment for her after all the women that were hurt because of the recruitment? I think it's a complicated issue. Um, I'm not overly versed on the subject. Um, so I would like to know, you know, when she got in, but was it already up and running or did she get in on the ground level? Because... 
she very she well could have been. She was also she was abused, right. Rachel, but she was pretty clearly also an abuser. Oh, absolutely! It doesn't absolve her of her her crimes, but she may have also been a victim. Those cults, totally, the indoctrination totally. is insane. Not, not exclusive. So it's it's a complicated issue. Um, she did serve some justice, and I'm sure she's has her parole has some very specific things in it. So she's going to still have to. She probably is not allowed on social media at like big group functions. Like, there's there's certain things put in place to make sure that she doesn't commit this sort of crime again. Um, no so I'm all for, for rehabilitation. <laughs> so rehabilitate her. Get her in some fucking therapy. Let's not let this happen again. Yeah, I, I mean that's a it's a big thing that I I can't even imagine like joining something. And then all of a sudden, like it turns into this whole thing where it's like a, a sex cult. Like that's that's yeah. I mean that's got to be someone that's, that's really good at manipulating people, which he was. Mm -hmm. uh, BSP said in the chat too. He said, "Fuck her." <laughs> truth be just like truth be told, which that's one way of going about it. BSP for sure, you know. But which is I just why, think like, that which is why I said what I did. Like if she came in on the ground yeah. level, if she was like from yeah. day one yeah. with that guy, like also manipulating things, then she's just yeah. as complicit. She as wasn't he is. from but day if... one. The thing is, the person who was day one from him, like the uh -huh. first follower that gave him legitimacy was yeah. the first one to flip so she got a better deal she didn't end up serving <laughs> the oh oh see there you go maybe it'd been <laughs> better for her she would have been day you, one you guys see see any of the documentaries that were associated with this case i haven't I no it really good point but i don't remember a lot of it <clears throat> i think stars i don't know if it was stars or showtime maybe it was showtime did one that was a little bit it gave some details and it was slightly more on the salacious mm -hmm. side uh but the hbo documentary documentary for it is excellent um I'm I'm not too familiar on Allison Mack's whole story, other than the fact like that. If if you're gonna flip, you gotta be the first to flip. Like you gotta get in there so you can get so you can say, hey, hey, DA, yeah. you can take all these motherfuckers down. You just gotta let me. You just gotta let me open door. Uh, so that's the way to do it. Don't rat. Don't rat on your friends. But if you're gonna rat on your friends, do it fast. That's my do it fast my... and be first. If you're gonna be talk to the FBI. Fast. Do it immediately. Do it fast, be first. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I, she I, was on Smallville. She should know. Like, just like the blur, moving really well, fast. Blur, yeah, you know, yeah. move as fast as yeah, you can. Yeah. That's absolutely true. But uh, I was I was surprised to see this, Brian, when you told me that uh, this was um, one of the. Uh, issues that we're going to be talking about tonight because in my feed today was that uh uh nikki klein who played callie on battlestar galactica and who had been one of the people that was like outside of of jail had still been supporting keith rainieri like once oh. everything had collapsed yes. like was still saying like no like we've got you keith she just released a statement that said like wow like I'm now realizing like what like the damage that had been done to other people and I'm I'm recontextualizing like what happened to me without this belief in this in the fact that this guy is doing like whatever he can to help humanity and I I have I'm with you Rachel I have the greatest level of sympathy for people that can get involved in this sort of situation I think that everyone is susceptible to it um and I, I think that if thinking that you're not susceptible to it is one of the best ways to accidentally get involved in something like this. Um, oh, if so... we lived in like the sixties or seventies, I 100% would have been <laughs> recruited by a cult. Like no, joke. 
<laughs> you think yeah, so? Because you're you you're because you because you care a lot, right? And you want to be right. involved. You want to help other people, like. And you want well, it's to about community too. So they go after people Absolutely. who find a lack of community, involve mm -hmm. them, and then it's really easy to get vulnerable people to believe whatever you want them to be, as long as you tell them you love them. Yep, brainwashing, like Gr uh, said, too, happens very easily. It's like people like flock to that. Rachel. Like that's what that's what <laughs> that's what everybody says. Like, um, so you know, hopefully, Alan, I I can see why Allison got out quick if she. You know, and it, it's a question like, you know, the abused becomes the abuser. Oops, d does right. that absolve them of responsibility? No, like, but then also does it make her, her extra shitty because she flipped right away? Like, or, or it, is she actually seeing the, her role in something? Because it was definitely about female empowerment. And there's no doubt that, that people felt empowered in his program, like, they definitely mischaracterized the way that they provided that it wasn't something that couldn't be found elsewhere um so hopefully she did her time she uh she and she doesn't have to hang out with keith anymore and she can uh yeah have her sins absolved for her well i mean hopefully <laughs> but hopefully she's, she's not like has... any more acting roles that's for she, sure she, we'll she might not you never know though you never know it people come back all the time like that's we said she like so before press. she had so much yeah. press like why wouldn't you just hire her just because people know her name now she's it might happen she from small women though. have a harder time coming back from it just in general mm -hmm. women get killed by the press and they don't get to make a recovery like look how long it took for winona ryder to have her career back after shoplifting wow. like such a novelty thing you're right that's yeah. fucking nonsense it's fucked up like who that's cares? super fun right? yeah who cares you're right wow. look at robert robert down jr was like sleeping in people's beds and stuff like that and doing massive lines of strippers and getting hookers and coke and all that you know what i mean and doing Rob all of it he's back tape with an underage girl and he's like <laughs> beloved now Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's true. It's true. People come back, but you know who's really hot right now that doesn't have to go anywhere because people love the shit out of her. Greta Ger Gerwig. Uh, oh my god, I took her name up. <laughs> Greta Gerwig. Yes, Greta Gerwig. She's coming in hot for Chronicles of Narnia. Apparently, is her new project coming up. Netflix what? has signed her on for two movies to direct Chronicles of Narnia. Now they got these rights back in 2018. And they bought the rights Netflix for the series, the, the movies, all of that. And they've been just sitting on it for a while, waiting to make something, just waiting for the right people to get, you know, get on board and create the best project for this. Because they've tried, Disney tried a couple times. You know, they had the, they had the Lion Witch and the Wardrobe came out in 2005. Then Prince Caspian, he came out in like 2008. And that one, I think, kind of tanked it a little bit because I saw that too. And it was, the first one was much more memorable, much more aligned with the books. Mm -hmm. And then Fox released one too called The Voyage of the Dawn Trader. But I mean, then 2010, I never saw that either. But and then, you know, we had Greta coming in though. Like she is doing such a great job. She's very popular right now with Barbie movie coming out. People are talking about her. And, you know, it's like, She's kind of a rising star, I think, for directors, especially female directors. And that's a huge franchise for Netflix to trust her with. But my question is, though, too, do we need a Narnia movie, though? Honestly, like the first ones didn't do that well. Are we really need to dive back into Narnia? Do we need to go back in that wardrobe again? Or should it stay closed, locked up, throw that key away and not come back? What do you think, Rachel? Are you, uh, are you about this? I know you're a big fan of her, so can she bring I it love, back to life? Love Greta. She can, she can competently do it. I fully believe in her ability to do it. Is it necessary? Absolutely not. We do not need another Jesus allegory lion movie. They've made enough. We're done here. 
<laughs> pack it up, Jesus, Alex. shove it in the wardrobe, <laughs> and call it a day. Like, <laughs> keep it closed off. Yeah, I I agree with I agree with Rachel. There's like no need for it. And of course, they want a big director for this. They want to do well. They probably spent a lot of money on the rights for this. But like we we've already tried it. It didn't work out that well. It was whatever. I mean, the best part of that whole movie, I think, was um was uh was uh Professor X uh Mac McAvoy McAvoy was so good in there. Or or yeah oh, yeah right, McAvoy right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was shirtless with a scarf on. That's what that's yeah, a yeah. that I try to rock. <laughs> Mike, Mike, what do you think about this? Is it a good idea to come back into Narnia? Do you think that she should be directing this, or do you think that she should look for a different project that's a little bit fresher and not diving into a cabinet and being lost all over again? Brian, I I read all those C.S. C.S. Lewis books. I read uh, I, I read uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I read uh, Aslan and the Angry Inch. I read all of them. <laughs> um, I, I think that I think that no, you're you guys you guys are both absolutely right. Like, why back to Narnia? I guess uh, Sabrina, we don't have today. Uh, Sabrina, if you're watching out there somewhere, they're desperate for IP. They want fantasy IP, but also fans don't want new fantasy IP. Fans want more of the same fantasy IP, I but guess. But do they? Do kids today give a fuck about, about those, like, anything C.S. Lewis? About Jesus Lions? <laughs> about Jesus Lions. Do know. they I, care? I, I, like the, I like the other movies just because, uh, yeah, the first one was way more memorable. The other two, like... It's just more of an excuse for special effects. Right, but that's do, like more for our stuff, generation. Right? But do kids, totally. do the under, do the do they 16 any, and under crowd any give association a fuck? Whatsoever. Like, that's probably not. I, <laughs> probably not. At some, at some point, Brian, you got to bring on the, uh, there was that cartoon from probably the early 70s where they like shaved Aslan Bear on, on like, uh, I don't even remember. What, what do you call the thing you make sacrifices on? <laughs> a sacrificial um, table, yeah, sacrificial <laughs> altar. Table. Shaved him bare and an altar. Thank you. Uh, and there's all these creepy goblins dancing around. I was like, they used to put this on TV. <laughs> like, yeah, totally, that was a thing. Totally, totally. Eighties were a different time. <laughs> um, <laughs> different time. Yeah, they, even BSP they, out there in the chat's like, ah, uh, no thanks, no thanks. Nobody wants right. this. They that, that was different a time. Little, a little more readily at that time. Um, I'm. I'm with uh, Rachel. Like, yeah, Gre Greta Gerwig is great. Um, I went back and watched Greenberg actually recently, her first oh. direct directorial effort, and I was like, yeah, wow, you can you can tell Greta Gerwig she is a she is a California girl, like through through and through. Um, and I think that she has a lot of sensibilities visually and culturally that come through. Um, if in they a way make... that I, yeah. <laughs> If Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, like California girly pop, I'll watch it. <laughs> they might, they might give her, you give her, never know. She's not, you she's never not know. So, well, I guess she was involved with Barbie movie though too, wasn't she? Um, yeah, so a, a little bit. I don't tend to think of as as poppy. I tend to think of her as having a sensitive touch. So when I think of okay, if you're going to bring Narnia back to life with a sensitive poppy. California touch? Does that sound does that sound good to you, Rachel? Like that's no, good still to me. no. It's still a Jesus story at its oh, roots. I'm so, like yeah, yeah. I'm so over it. Like it's it's so overdone, honestly. Uh -huh. 
But Fair speaking enough. of that poppy Barbie that touch, I, I, might, I might be more interested to have this discussion when, when we're not being saved eternally to the internet too, Rachel. It's true. Fair but Mike, enough. speaking of speaking of your poppy Barbie touch, I want to talk about Greta another way too, and that's about Barbie because some controversy is coming out about Barbie right now, and it's all about this map, ladies and gentlemen. This map behind her right here, you see in this picture, lots of controversy. Vietnam is actually banning the Barbie movie from Vietnam because of this Barbie picture right here. That's it, right there, that's a little map. This little hand-drawn chalk-like map where a child made, where there's scribbled chalk marks about the like, what the planet looks like, and even a hashtag that's actually in the ocean too. Well, apparently this drawing depicts, what they're saying that Vietnam is saying, it depicts a representation of the nine-dash line, which reinforces China's territorial claims in the South China Sea. And there are only eight lines on this Barbie map, but that's what they're saying. These little dots right here, that's what they're saying this is. And subsequently, Vietnam is taking those claims and saying that it violates the country's sovereignty. And because of that, they're pulling the movie from their territory. And everyone's going on like crazy, you know, like Greta hasn't said anything about it, but the studio actually came forward and said the map in the Barbie land trailer, it's in the trailer, it's just for like a hot second. It's a childlike crayon drawing that doodles are to depict Barbie's make-believe journey from Barbie land to the real world. So it's the same thing. Like any kind of like, if you're a kid and you're like, you know, here's the X on the treasure map. How do I get there? Put those little dash lines right there. That's your path there. That's what it's supposed to be. But Vietnam is saying, no, it's actually a whole China thing. And it's like, we can't have this propaganda in our country. Now in the movie itself, you watch it and we actually see it. This came out that Kate McKinnon's actually given her this map. It's actually drawn by another Barbie character. And they're supposed to be like a kid character. And then, like I said, it's supposed to be like encouraging her to leave to go into the real world. And that's all it's supposed to represent. That nine dash line is just scribbled walking marks. And that's all they're saying it is. But as we talk about in this show, is that is that it? Or is there more to these scribbled little dash lines on this map? That's the question I pull to my audience and my fabulous guests tonight. So, Mike. What do you think about this? Is there more to this story than we're talking about? Or is this just a child map and people are going nuts about it because people like to go nuts about everything in the internet these days? I love that send up, Brian. As you said, as we talk about on this show, like it made me feel like such an honored panel of guests that have <laughs> important feelings about important topics. You are I'm, important, uh, Mike. Very much, Mike. Yeah, thank, and, and you, Rachel, and you, Brian, and you, Sabrina, <laughs> and you out there, GR and BSP and Spastic Weasel, every one of you guys. Yeah, Spastic uh, Weasel. I, I had an interesting thought <laughs> on this this issue because immediately off the bat, I'm saying... To whom is this a problem? This, it, how is this an issue? It's a child's drawing. And then I looked up, like, okay, what's the nine dash line? And I looked there, and I looked on the Barbie map, and I was like, okay, well, there's also another kind of dash. Maybe it's eight dash lines, and maybe it's only the the uh, only other one present on the map is up there by Greenland. I guess you can kind of see it up there. Uh, so it seemed like nonsense, but then also I'm thinking about worldwide distribution and what, a, what a giant portion of the movie going public this is. So it, it felt silly immediately, but then also who, who knows if somebody got a hold of this and was like, well, okay, let's just, uh, let's just throw a little of my own nationalistic sentiment. Is that, does that sound too conspiratorial? Like, is it, is this just a non-issue Twitter situation? But the fact that Vietnam, Vietnam actually 
banned the movie, like clearly they they were hurt. They they felt that this was an issue. Um. So, uh, what do you, do you guys think that, we can't it, that hear it was you, just a complete accident? It's a whole thing, Mike. It's like even like uh, we talked about not too long ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse again. Mm -hmm. There was just like a little poster up in the wall that said like, uh, you know, save trans lives or something like that. And they banned the movie. And it was you could barely even see it. You know what I mean? You barely see it. This again. Oh, no, not Vietnam. That was intentional. Yeah. That was intentionally they put that. It was in Korea. This feels like. It's just absurd. You shouldn't have to know the history of every geopolitical nuance in the entire world to make a fucking map for a movie. Like, yeah. it feels excessive. And like, like Spastic Weasel here said, like a little CGI fixes it. Like, yeah. put a little, a little dot Done. there. It's nothing. It's literally nothing. So it just. But it people feels, go nuts about it, Rachel. It feels excessive. Like, I'm. I'm not trying to shit on the entire country of Vietnam here. Like the Vietnamese people seem perfectly fine, but like maybe let's take a step back and not take everything so personally. Um, <laughs> I don't think Greta Gerwig or anyone on the, the the set really thought about it. They were just trying to make little little journey dashes, like in every movie with a map. Yeah, I mean so, it's very standard. It's, it's a journey out into the middle of the ocean, though. Like it has no it's not going anywhere. Like that right. makes any sense. There's only none a, of there's it. Only other one present that I see, so like maybe the other one is just to make it plausible, plausible deniability to have the one. We'll go back to it here. Because whoever made the map really cares about this little dash thing that no one it's, has it's ever heard of. If you don't live that in to, that region. I understand yeah. that, but like just adding an old dash, it's it's <laughs> we're, everyone's fine. It's just fine. There's I, a crown on some country that doesn't exist. America is like it's, weird it's shape. And I, what I can only that. assume is America because like Florida's there. <laughs> it's so, really like, not a great not, rendition. It's not hyper accurate. So to say, like, hey, how guys, could this how could you even tell where Asia is? Yeah. Like, that's a good that's point. a good question. I, I like, it's the same thing. Both get fired up too. I don't think this was intentional. Again, I think it was just, they're just drawing a treasure map, you know? Like Barbie would draw, because she right. has no idea what the Indi world Indiana looks Jones. like, really. Indiana Jones. You know? yeah. Indiana dot, Jones. Dot, dot. Like, yeah. It, it's the same thing. And I think, again, it's, you know, people looking for an excuse to ban something. And this happens a lot of times. We always have issues yeah, with movies going international. And it's and like, do they just want to ban this? Because how it treats... It has the feminist issues, like, that's too, right? Like, so maybe... Is there something more to it? So, that's a great point. It could be. It Maybe could they just be don't Mike. Like joy and wonderment. They might not. They might not. <laughs> no, no, They're no, like, no, we no, don't no, care no, for no, Barbie no, here. No, we gotta find a way to bar the ban Barbie because we don't want Barbie because Barbie influences people and fucks their heads up, just like Britney Spears does that too. Who is probably one of the most original Barbies out there because she's probably you know she's kind of like Barbie in a lot of ways. Barbie, but yeah. OG I think Barbie. I had a Britney Barbie back in the day. She did have a Barbie. That's right. She did. Well, Britney's back, bitches. Britney's back in the news. And Britney was slapped. That's what happened. Well, she was backhanded, apparently. And this whole thing went down this week. And Britney has said that she is just traumatized by this. And she just can't understand what happened. But she filed a police report over the incident. And she claims that she had no apology from the NBA player of the San Antonio Spurs. Now, Victor Wimbanyama, I'm going to say it one time and that's it. Apparently, she saw him. They're at the same hotel, and she's like, oh, I he saw him like there. I'm a big fan. 
He kind of does. Kind of does. He looks like a bit like Will Smith's kid. So, um, so yeah. So she saw him at the hotel and she didn't say hi. And then she went to a, a, a actual like restaurant and he was there again. So she decided to go up and say hi to him. So she apparently walked up to him and she claims that she just kind of like tapped him on the shoulder. And when she tapped him on the shoulder, his security guard backhanded her, hit her on the floor. Her glasses went off and she landed on the floor. And then they kept walking like nothing happened. And so apparently she filed a police report. Apparently the security guard came back and apologized later when they found out it was Britney Spears. But she wanted an apology from uh, from Victor, who never said a thing. He said he didn't know it was her until later. He was doing a press interview. And he's like, oh, yeah, they were, were joking about how Britney Spears got pushed away by my people. And he goes, but, but it wasn't what she said. Like she tried to grab me. She like grabbed onto me. And my security guards just kind of like pushed her off me. They didn't they didn't backhand her. So it's a whole thing with this. Now it comes down to like abuse, physical abuse. Are these security guards going too far? Should they have grabbed her like this? Maybe they should have taken a second to actually talk to the woman and be like, oh, hey, ma'am, like, you know, 56 feet, you know, six feet, something like that. But no, instead they backhanded her and they have witnesses. TMZ has images of people that have gone up there and are actually saying that she was backhanded. It wasn't a quick little push off. It was much more physical and that she has a case. Crazy. This is the kind of stuff that happens. So Britney, I think, has a case here. Again, I don't understand who wouldn't recognize Britney Spears, but, you know, it's, it's a different world. You know, she's not bald anymore. Maybe that didn't give her away. I don't know. Rachel, what do you think about this? Do you think that Britney has a case? Do you think that she should move forward? Or maybe she should just let this be and, and, and you know, forget about it and move on? Um, I think regardless of who it was, that's not an appropriate reaction from a security team. Um. Why is it appropriate to backhand anybody for any security situation? I've never heard <laughs> Good question. <laughs> like, there's there's no situation in which that is appropriate to do. Um, exactly, BSP. Who cares who it was? It's not it's not yeah. appropriate. You don't backhand people like ever, yeah. <laughs> especially if you're in a security position. How is that a defensive sort of situation? <laughs> <laughs> and Britney Spears is like five foot two. She's very little. So I find it weird to think that this presumably over six foot tall athlete was threatened by a little five foot two, 40 year old woman. <laughs> um, so none of this, none of this was appropriate in any manner. Even if she did grab him, she's so little. How much force could she have grabbed him with possibly? And how is a backhand the response to that? Like you said, they could have just been like, hey, ma'am, like, don't. Yeah. And, and you can see gone, the oh, TMZ sorry. picture of her going to grab him. And, uh, and then you can kind of see the hand being I mean, that doesn't even by, look you know. like a grab. That looks like a little, I know. little but, hey. Yeah, right. How's it going? And that's... And that, and that's why that, you know, these people are standing up for her and being like, no, this wasn't right. This is abuse. And then it opens up a whole investigation. Now they're going to be looking into it. The police are in Las Vegas about the whole thing because they're like, this yeah. is kind of abuse, you know? And of course, I think it's, it's overreacting. It's it's Because you know that she has security guards too following her too. They didn't right. do anything. Her guards didn't do anything, you know, but right. they could have well, done something. They could have done a back slap. You can't just. Get no, in but there. they could have like been like, hey, <laughs> afterwards. Like they could have. Yeah. Hey, it's Britney, bitch. Way, what are you I doing? Don't... You know? If, if it's. If, if we saw Britney in public, though, honestly, that feels like a positive thing because she hasn't been out in a really long time and people are kind of worried if she's how okay. she's doing uh so there's a well, positive that comes from the story we know that britney's like alive and coherent um yep and she well, can still well, move 
<laughs> so, but yeah, his security team's way out of line. That's it's bullshit. It's stupid. I know. I agree, Rachel. I think this is just dumb. Like, I understand how you just jumped the gun on this, but maybe Mike has right. different interpretation. Mike, what do you think about this situation? Should Mike Brittany have been so backhanded? <laughs> Are you a backhanding fan or what? <laughs> if I'd have known she had money, I never would have backhanded that bitch. <laughs> That's an apology, right? You can only backhand the poor. You can only backhand the poor. That's what I'm saying. That's what I come on this program to say right. every week, Rachel. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, you know, what is uh, what is a? I don't think that that uh, Britney Spears is screaming for relevancy. I don't think that like maybe her face got hurt a little bit, but also like she's probably. <laughs> I can imagine fighting for the fact that, like, yeah, you can't just backhand people, motherfucker. Like, I would. It's not cool. On that, just, just due to that fact, irrespective of principle. whatever level of fame, ego, hurt I had, I'd just be like, yeah, that shit ain't cool. I'm gonna fucking try and drag you through the mud for that. And and I get that, and I fully respect that. And I mean, based, I've lightly followed Britney for a while, like. uh, the most recent uh most recent shenanigans that was made documentary that was made about her regarding her uh, personal competency and relevancy or to her own to her own estate and i have sympathy for her i think i think she's a really sympathetic compassionate person who cares a lot so and so i don't think that she would that she would be pissed she's... off and drag anybody for a superfluous reason i think she and I think she's got every right in the world. So, so yeah. whatever. Like, don't backhand Let it be. anybody. Let it... Don't don't, don't backhand her. Like, I wouldn't have backhanded you if I'd known you weren't. If I didn't, if I didn't realize, if I realized you were Britney Spears, like that's what you said, Rachel. Like, it's not an excuse. <laughs> as as a key rule, do not backhand people. Just just don't like, just don't do it. Just don't backhand as people. Just, <laughs> as something in life, as a life thing, just don't backhand yeah. people. But it could have been worse, Mike. She could have been backhanded with some sausage across the face. That probably wouldn't have felt that great. But sausage party's coming out, everybody. Sausage party is coming <laughs> for the sequel to the original R-rated comedy movie that came out <laughs> by Seth Rogen. Well, apparently Seth Rogen's like, hey guys, you know, people want more sausage, so get that sausage party out there. So Amazon you Prime. You're so full is... of shit. You never had COVID. You're talking about people getting slapped in the face with this sausage. You didn't have COVID. Laughed well, across the face of that sausage party. But it's called Food Foodopia. That's what it's called. Sausage Party Foodopia coming to Amazon Prime. They have not announced how many episodes yet, but Seth Rogen said that it's going to be unbelievably shocking. If you thought the first one was shocking, this was even or so i that's unbelievably terrible i agree rachel this is happening though it's moving forward you got big cast coming back and of course seth rogan kristen wig michael Sarah, david crummets uh you have Dave, uh, edward norton in here too and also joining the cast will forte sam richardson natasha rothwell and yasser lester who will also have more people probably coming they had lots of names in the first one and they said wow. that they were going into the tv realm because that's where everything is going these days with streaming. It just made more sense. And of course, Seth Rogen's doing more streaming too. He's got that platonic on Apple TV Plus. So it makes sense to branch this into television. Amazon was all about it. Apparently the execs were like, oh God, watching some of these scenes. Apparently there's a scene with Kristen Wiig where they were just like, they were just like, uh, can we air this? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So they're pushing the barriers, bringing that sausage back and um, hopefully not slapping people or backhanding people with it. I hope not. 
but for me, there's no need for this. I don't understand why we're diving into this R-rated territory. It was the it was like the number one R-rated movie, like highest grossing for like six years, by the way, until someone just passed them up just recently. So, ah, but do we need it, there's Mike? Not a lot what of do you think? Competition in the R-rated adult animation oh. realm, like you're so right, Rachel. It was it was winning by default. <laughs> so Rachel, you weren't a fan of of Sausage Party, then I'm guessing. No, it was terrible. It was the worst movie I saw that year. I would rather be backhanded by that guy's security team than watch anything from Sausage Party again. <laughs> Are you surprised though, Rachel? They're doing this because, like, I'm not yes. really surprised, well, but no, I'm honestly. like. <laughs> Yes, because of quality. No, because of who's involved. Seth Rogen can get whatever he wants greenlit. That's just I think that's what's happening here. I think so too. And like you have like tacos. Like I think uh, it's just like if you see the cast of characters here, the buns look like they're ready to get fucked racist. right now. Um, it was poor tacos, quality. Tacos, like, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. It was it was absolutely terrible. And they they, they had yeah, the buns had boobs, all that kind of stuff. Mike, were you a fan of this at all? Are you, are you surprised this is coming? You think that Seth Rogen needs to calm the fuck down and like leave the sausage in the past? <laughs> uh, this isn't how I feel, but I do like it when you said leave the sausage in the past. <laughs> so I just wanted to take a moment to repeat that. <laughs> um, Brian, you've known me for a while. I I have an affinity for the vulgar. I, I, I just do. I think it helps adults release stress just like by saying things the way that they feel them in their minds, not modulating them for their environments, um, by using words that are considered impolite. Like, I get that. I think that there's utility all up and down the line for this shit. That said, I tried to watch Sausage Party and I was like, I was like, oh, like they're really trying to do a cutesy thing, which I guess is trying to balance, like, oh, just the disgusting <laughs> vulgarity. If there, you if can be a better... vulgar and funny. This was vulgar, yeah. but not funny. Vulgar just for, just to be vulgar, like it didn't. Just like, to be vulgar. Like, it seemed like they were trying to be cute. I could I couldn't watch it. I had I had to give it up. Maybe it's just these these gross and I mean gross in the clinical term, approx clinical approximations of human genitalia. <laughs> like uh, this might just be my personal yeah. hang ups. I have no I have no legitimate way of discerning between whether this is uh, this is something that's that's frightening and should be shunned away from society at large, or this is my, my own personal uh, uh problems with a legitimate artist's re yeah, true my problem expression. wasn't ideologically it was just execution <laughs> yeah make wiener it jokes been with hot dogs it's funny mm -hmm. it is funny to make wiener jokes with hot dogs they did it, it writes badly, itself though <laughs> maybe they use chat gpt to do it maybe that's, that's why you know okay so you know <laughs> it might have been some <laughs> yeah that, that's true like you could they're just gonna it's just gonna be from here on out it's it, like this is going to be the next Simpsons. There's going to be 38 seasons of. Like, oh, geez. Don't say that. Don't say hot that. We do not want that, Mike. Penis no. jokes. Like, or maybe that's what happened. Like, somebody just typed in hot dog penis jokes into chat GPT. And they're like, probably get sausage party. Like, we're going to cash in on Cash in on that sausage. And there was an unnecessary amount of racism in it. Why was it so. There was a lot racist? of racism. You gotta try and be edgy, right? Like if you're edgy, and oh, it was you're like, like what? oh, we're sexually edgy. It came you out? gotta be racially edgy. 
And like Selma Hayek was the was the taco, I think, too. And it was like super sketch. Like, but <laughs> South Park did it, right? It's true. Like, they did do it. South Park did it, but they did it good. They did it right. They didn't push it too far, wasn't the vulgar. Yeah. But but this this is just like I think it, they think it's funny, but it, I think it's also again like we talk about other pieces that are t- that like work later on, but they just they just don't work you know nowadays. They work before now they don't work like we talked about dodgeball before it worked back in the nineties, but probably won't work now. But they're gonna still do that, and this is one of those things too that maybe it did work well at that time, but I don't think the audience is there for this these days, and got, I don't think it's gonna be a it. big hit. They won. I got it in the red box. It was bad when it came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that's what do you got there, Mike? I've got, I've got I've got one technical thought, which is just that um, uh, maybe it's because they're like, oh, like we've got all the work done on the front end, all the all the wireframe models are already mocked out for CG, so now we just need people to manipulate the models, like which is way cheaper. Like it's just it's just that and the and the backdrops and the voice actors. Like that's a cheaper way to make a show, and also pretending. That you're jumping on the success of like, oh, this is a big property. Like, it's not a big property, but you're you're making use of existing uh, IP, right? Without having to spend money on it again. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. IP is always an important thing. And, they, and they, people will make something just because that. We had a successful IP, so let's jump on it. How do we keep it going? How do we make money off it? Made this much money before. So how, what's the next big thing that's going to work out? And that's been a question going around WB for a long time. How do we make this IP work out? And I want to talk about Superman because Superman is that big IP that they've been wondering how you make it work. And we've talked about this, talked about this, talked about this. All I got to say, we were right. That's all I can say. We were right. Yeah. So the casting news came out for Superman Legacy, and we got some corn sweat going on, everybody. We got a little David corn sweat. We got some Rachel Brosnahan coming in to be our Superman Clark Kent and our Lois Lane. And then Peter Safran and James Gunn found them finally. And this came out, of course, corn sweat. If you're not too familiar with them, he made his first appearance on Ryan Murphy World working on The Politician, also working on Hollywood. Big break there. Jumped into a lot of projects after that. He's on uh, the Apple TV series Lady in the Lake coming out soon. He's also in that Twister sequel, Twisters. Yeah. Good for him. Like, that's a hopefully bomb. I, I mean, I, I like it to be good, but it's probably going to bomb. And Rachel Brosnahan, you probably know her, of course, from Miss Maisel. She's also in House of Cards. Been around for a long time. But they're going to start shooting in January. This comes out July 11th, 2025. And James Gunn said this about this recently. Now the casting news is out. He said, okay, everybody, we know who it is, but just so you know, we're not, we're not going back in time. We're not going to tell how the baby landing. We're not going to talk about Krypton. He's a person living there. We know the backstory of Superman. We're going to dive right in, and we're going to have some corn sweat being our man of steel. And we're going to see how that goes because does that work? I, I don't think we need to tell the Superman story a million times over. But I think this casting is great. I thought it was great when I first heard of the rumors, when I heard they were going to the final auditions over Father's Day weekend. I, I knew it would be great casting. I'm like, mm, these are the people we need. So I, I think it's a smart move. They had like flight tests and stuff like that. They actually put them in harnesses and had them fly like Superman. I saw some videos online are pretty cool. Like one of the actors who didn't get it po- posted his. And I'm like, hey, dude, it's cool, but why would you post that? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know for me, but, but I'm all about corn sweat. I'm all about this. Rachel, what do you think? Are you surprised about this casting? Or are you with, uh, with me like this was, you know, writing on the wall? And, of course, this is our, our cast. They're attractive young people. It works. <laughs> right? 
that's I'm not heavily invested in the Superman franchise. I'm um, not heavily invested in either of these actors, but they're attractive. They'd seem to fit physically the role. If their auditions went well, I assume they can characterize the role well. So let's do it. I, I hope there's chemistry. There must be because they're doing apparently massive, massive chemistry reads. That was a big thing that James Gunn was really pushing for, which makes sense. You want to make sure that these actors can relate because I feel like that's been missing with a lot of the Superman movies. I didn't think that Henry Cavill and uh, and Amy Adams had a lot of chemistry in that movie. I thought it was all I right, but I, Adams, they, I I love her too. But it just it, <laughs> but he's kind of a stiff board a lot of times, and it's like is, and I feel like. It, Corn Sweat's got to bulk up, though. He's kind of strong. He's got to bulk up. Yeah, I think he could do it. He could, he's got time. Unless they're doing, like, like young Superman, he's got to... <laughs> he's supposed to be younger. He's supposed to be in his mid-20s. Is, and, the, you know, DC Corn... program, is the G- DC juice program as intensive as the Marvel juice program? <laughs> I, don't think so. I don't think so, Mike. I think get that him, Marvel juice is much better. That's true, Chris. We, want, we might... 2024 might, like, require a slimmer Superman. A more, a might... more Mike Doc like Superman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hashtag Mike Doc for Superman. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just responding to what the people want, Rachel. I appreciate your comment. Uh, so uh, there's, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a Henry Cavill resemblance here, right? Like I'm looking at the jawline and I'm looking at the hairline. That's yeah. basically it. They want, they want a dude with a block for a head. I don't know if they ever saw Gumby's. Adversaries, the blockheads. Maybe when the blockheads. If, if that, but the but the blockheads didn't have that kind of hairline. Um, <laughs> I, I Better hairline. Know. I don't know. What, man. Like, do you like Rachel Brosnahan doing this? She's got she's got the look, man. I mean, the first time I, I haven't been a what Miss Miss Maisel. Like, yeah, it's not it's not her fault as an actress, but just the just the reality that was presented in that show. I really tried to get into the first season of that just due to the accolades that it had but for whatever reason it wasn't resonating with me period <laughs> pieces aren't for everybody she yeah looks, it's not uh, for everybody i i love I, I love period pieces too like yeah i'm not i'm not gonna try well, to i i I, pre- I appreciate it i'm happy that they're doing it i'm happy for the success that they had so I don't want to give any any negativity on that at all. She looked the first time I saw her, she looked like freaking Lois Lane. Like, I, yeah, I, I I get that. Like, are but are they are they just is it is there? How much is it about the is it about the acting ability? Like, or is it about their ability to blend into the role, or is it about their ability to bring some outside kind of expression? into the role i'm more concerned about the acting element than the physical element me too apparently like because because superman is like he's the american character like i can see how they want you to fit into like into like a little teeny box like i get that but then this is the dc problem again and again like bring bring the fucking interest right like we're we're not just we don't just want to see like this this character uh in in small terms we also want to see what it represents for people what what a human looks like in this context yeah right and he is supposed to be like the go ahead brian 
It's supposed to be the all-American person, you know? Like, he's the best of the best. Even though he's an alien, he's supposed to be, like, this Kansas boy, like, you know, the best of us, you know? It's supposed to always be that way. So you want the acting style there. And James Gunn said that's why he had these massive chemistry reads, because he wanted to make sure these actors could really act and live in these parts. And that's why it took a long time to get down to this. And so I have to believe that James Gunn knows they can do this, you know? And it's not just about mm-hmm. the flair, the look, the, 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 you know, the curly... The curl hair, the Superman curl, it's not about that. It's it's more about, you know, the style. But they just happen to look like them, too. Of course, there's millions of actors out there. You should be able to find somebody that can actually act their ass off and look like the character. I'm just That's saying. True. Rachel, what were you going to say? Um, I would like them to either commit to making Superman a period piece or commit to modernizing it. Stop getting actors that look like the 1940s if you're going to modernize it. Get somebody who looks more like what 2023 looks like. Yeah. Maybe, this guy maybe, definitely maybe and you know people are gonna be mad about that cast an actor of color in one or both of the roles that was the whole oh, thing they talked oh, about doing Rachel, they talked Rachel, about it I know. I, know. The the I know i know right you can't do that would break the internet but you know <laughs> they talked about doing that with superman and you know there was a whole thing where they were going to bring in michael b jordan to be superman and then they were like well That's now great. maybe they're like but then they said, well, we're not going to do that. We're making a different character from Krypton now. They changed it to a different character. And then he was going to be this different Superman that came down, which is a comic book accurate character, apparently. And then DC changed, though, and they dropped it off. So that's not happening. And they went back to Corn Fed, uh, Corn Sweat, and uh, who looks like he is from the 1920s. I was, and I was is, trying uh, to look up what the what uh, Corn Sweat, like, because the way that you pronounce it, Brian, is is it's probably not right. Sweat. So I, I was wondering yeah. if he had. I've any... heard people call him Corn Sweat multiple times. So I'm sick yeah, with I... Corn Sweat. It, it's hey, he works well in Kansas. Right. I'm the farm man. He's sweating out that corn juices. That's <laughs> oh, all I'm saying. You know, it's a Kansas name. Uh, but it. yeah, if you're gonna cast actors who look like you pulled them out of the 1940s, set the set the show in the 1940s. Yeah, do it. They're not. Uh, I mean, this is this is present day again. They're not going to do that, Rachel. It'd be it'd be cool to see that, like a period piece from Fantastic Four. Maybe being a period piece in the seventies. I'm like that could be kind of cool. So I mean, like maybe this will be that too. Sorry, he is not Superman. That's what Gr says. He is now Gr. At least for one movie, (laughs) he is. At least for one movie. That's where he's got to see if it you know works or not. But. Of course, Ryan Murphy found this guy. He found some corn sweat. He gave him a chance because Ryan Murphy does that for a lot of people. He's made a lot of careers. He's broken a lot of careers. And he's been very busy in Hollywood recently. And apparently, we know there's a WGA strike going on, right, everybody? We know that. We talked about that? Yeah, I think we've talked about that. Well, apparently, apparently, Ryan Murphy might be signing the, or actually suing, suing the WGA because of some shenanigans about this strike. And that leads me to our featured story of the night. Get it. All right, everybody. I got to talk about Ryan Murphy and this WGA strike that's still going on, still happening. And I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, they, they've been just holding out, holding out, holding out, but people, producers are still shooting. And that's been a problem going on over and over again. In New York City right now, there's only three productions shooting right now. They've shut everything else down. They picketed until they shut down. There's only three productions moving forward right now. And what they are, are they? They're all Ryan Murphy shows. You got American Sports Story. You got American Horror Story. And then American Horror Stories is now also shooting in New York. They moved from American Los Angeles. Story? Stories. Yep. This is season three, I think now. Two or three, three, but yeah. So they, I think it's three. 
three is shooting there right now as well. So they moved everything from LA over there. And apparently what happened this week, okay, so Ryan Murphy, his, his attorney sent a letter to the WGA saying that the Writers Guild of America have threatened him and he's threatening a litigation against Warren Light. Warren Light's the person who's going after an East Coast strike captain who's actually been the main compliance officer with like, like organizing everything, all these strikes and organizing this whole like, you know, going out and picketing places. He's this main person and like organizing all this. Well, he said, this person said something about him that he shouldn't have. He was wrong. He's going to sue WGA if they don't get rid of him. So WGA talked to him. He stepped down. He's given up all his rights. Now, what did he say? That's the question. He went on Twitter. Apparently, there are a lot of people that were working on American Horror Story that he was talking to, and he said, why are you crossing the picket line? And they told him that if they cross the picket line, they will be fired from this Ryan Murphy world. He'll never give them a job again. If they, if they, if they, if they shut the production down because he wants to keep shooting, if they cross that picket line, or if, if, they don't, if they don't cross that picket line, they step they back and say, hey, we're not working it, yeah. today. If they don't cross it, then... They're going to get fired by Ryan Murphy and never work for him again because they shut production down. And so he made a tweet about this saying, hey, Ryan Murphy, he said, they'll be, they'll be, blackballed, they'll be blackballed in the Ryan Murphy land if they cross the picket line. Uh, and it's, if they don't cross the picket line, it's a big deal. And so Ryan Murphy said, that's not true. That's, that's, that's totally slander. I never said that. Like, these people should not go there if they're not supposed to be there. It's a whole and thing. Why the so hell he, are like, they working? Why the hell are they, why are they working? working like, everybody well, else is, is not working. And that's, no that's the on them. Like, it doesn't make any sense. That's the question. Well, he stepped down, though, Mike. Now, this is the main person organizing all this stuff. And there's a strike rules compliance committee that's stepping forward. They're saying to investigate Ryan Murphy and any potential violations. They're going to see if, they, if they, you know, if he is breaking rules. And if they are, they could suspend him or expel him from the WGA or just give him a monetary uh, fines or just, just censor him or something from the actual union, Talk which is probably what would happen. You know, it'll probably be a fine. And the thing is, like, for me, I'm like, Everybody else is shut down. LA, everything is pretty much shut down. There's only a few productions still shooting. New York, you only have three. They're all his. And it's been a problem where they keep picketing. They've actually changed their call times so that the people can't find them. It's been a whole thing. So it's like, you know, are all those scripts written? I don't know. But, you know, if you are in the WGA, for me at least, you're in WGA and you're also, a, you know, a showrunner, you should shut your production down. I'm just mm -hmm. saying that's what you should do. Majority of them have. Majority showrunners have shut their productions down. They said, hey, it's a conflict of interest. I can't keep shooting. But Ryan Murphy hasn't done that. So the union got had one after him. And what happened? Now he got fired. What's that say? I mean, for me, this should be solidarity. It's supposed to be SAG right now until next Wednesday. They extended their contract. On Wednesday, they could strike two, and then everything will really be done. Ryan Murphy will have to shut down. But, like, why do you fight your own union? That's the question today. Like, we know the strike's been going on. Why are you fighting people? Why are you putting your members in these weird situations when you're a writer yourself? It just, it's just, it's hard for me to swallow. And Ryan Murphy has contributed a lot to Hollywood, helped out a lot. Like I said, Corn Sweat guy's career, a lot, a lot of actors got their careers. A lot of people built their... I mean, career members, like crew members have gotten huge careers based off him, and it's great. But where's where's the line get drawn, you know? Rachel, what do you think? Should he be shooting right now? Should this even be an issue, or should he be shut down and this guy still be working, fighting for the big fight for the writers? Um, I think any production should be shut down right now. I think anyone who's filming right now is a piece of shit. Um, Ryan Murphy, I've always kind of had mixed feelings on him, like as a person, like he's always kind of had sketch vibes to me. Um, he's definitely crossing lines because like, there's no way he's not doing any writing work on that show. Right. Yeah, now. I don't believe it. He's definitely doing writing work. 
Um, 100%. So he's, he's definitely in violation. I think that he should definitely face stronger consequences than a fine. Fines are just a cost of doing business for rich people. They don't care about fines. So he needs a stronger consequence than that because he didn't give a fuck about a fine. He's got like yeah, eight shows nothing. right now. He doesn't need a, he doesn't give a shit about a fine. He was like, all right, fine, whatever. My show's not being delayed. I'll be the only one on air because I kept filming. That's yeah. what he cares about. He so, wants to make that fall deadline. Yeah, that's what it is. A lot yeah. of productions want to make those deadlines too, but unfortunately, we're in a situation where you can't make those deadlines. Right. Let's be honest. His shows have not been good for a while. The most recent season of American Horror Story, I couldn't even watch. I got so bored. Um, <laughs> and like the last two or three seasons of American Horror Story have not been good. Um, American Crime Story has been interesting. I've never heard of American Sports Story. This is, this so is, this the, is the first season is. coming. Yeah, it's the first season coming forward. And that's probably that's why they're pushing it, too. Shit. <laughs> but I, I think it's about a soccer team. Consequences, and it's it's bad news that they got rid of the person that he was finding to be adversarial. And he and he actually like came forward and said, like, you know, I shouldn't have tweeted this, and it was wrong for me to do that. And he mm -hmm. took his, his tweet down and all that, but they so still like his you ass have to step down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the end of the day, but he's also trying to, you know, I don't I mean, even if you're Ryan Murphy being like, hey man, I'm I'm in solidarity, maybe be like that, as opposed to being like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sue you now? Like that's that's also like a weird thing to do. Like yeah. you're gonna go sue your that union is. member who's fighting for you. It's it's tough. And I love the people that work on American Horror Story. I love I've worked on that for years and they were great people. Crew members great, uh, cast members great, the producers are all great. I mean, it's just but it comes down to like the dollar bill these days. People just care about their pocketbooks right. as opposed to doing what's actually right. That's what it comes down to. And, and it's like just do what's right. And the right. lower level people are being, like you said, they're being put in a really bad position by Ryan Murphy because if you get blacklisted by someone as major in television as Ryan Murphy, you're going to have a really hard time with your career. So that's that's a really difficult position, and he should not be putting people in that position. It's very tough because most of these people, they follow him from show to show to show, too. He's very loyal, which is great. It's great when you have that. He's very loyal to his, his crew members. It's fantastic. But that he's also like putting him in a bad situation right now, which isn't right. cool because you really can't do anything about it. You know, like no one can do anything about it besides him. End of the day, the bug stops at him. And if he wants to keep forcing the shooting, then he's going to keep forcing the shooting. I also am kind of not sure all these scripts are written, but you never know, I guess, you know, maybe they were actually really busy. Mike, do you think this is a fair thing that he's doing, putting his crew members in this position? Or do you think that he should be shut down, you know, right now and just like, like wait this out? Come on, man. Brian, you asked a couple, uh, question earlier, which is like, what is motivating an action like this? And I am reticent to opine too much, especially like when you, for example, are much closer to this kind of an issue and this issue in particular than I am. Like, oh, what what motivates that kind of behavior? Like what you think that your that your union mates are overly indulgent or you're or you're trying to to exploit the situation to get a little bit of heat on yourself i don't know i don't know brian what would what would make you make that that kind of a move like it, it, completely non-cynically what what would motivate you to do something like that to keep shooting like that yeah I mean, I, I the only thing I can think about on his on his front probably what it is is it's the actual networks that are giving him like shit because he is in communication yeah, with these cares? networks, he's all these deals. Else is, well, you, everybody else is on the same page. Like you they asked really that are. question, Mike. Yeah. I don't think Brian like, would. 
Brian wouldn't do that because Brian cares (laughs) about everyone down the line. Uh Brian Murphy doesn't give a shit. He's so high up that he is unaffected by these contract negotiations because he also has his producer credit. My empathy as far as it possibly could extend because it it, it honestly does seem like bizarre. Well, and you're doing more than Ryan Murphy because he is not (laughs) giving a shit about any other writers. Appreciate it. It's... It's the same thing. It's like what I was saying. It's the same thing. It's like it comes down to money. It comes down to the networks. It comes down to, you know, him not wanting to lose that money. A lot of showrunners, like the look at the Duffer brothers. I go to that. The Duffer brothers, they were shooting their last season, last season of, of Stranger Things, right? And they shut down. As soon as this happened, they're like, we're writers, we're showrunners, we're shutting down shop. There's no way, and they, they were like, and of course, like they haven't been around as long as Ryan Murphy, but they said the same thing as a showrunner and the writer of this show. I can't, I can't for one part, like go to set. I can't have anybody go to work because I know how I, Seems I know the process, Does not. the process from day one till you're wrapping is like, you're always writing on set. There's always changes happening on set because great things come up. The same thing with Deadpool right now. They're shooting Deadpool 3, and apparently Ryan Reynolds can't improv. Do I believe that's happening? No, I do not believe that's not. I, I mean, he's fucking for sure improving right now, today on set. You know what I mean? Like, that's thing, like, it's just it's just being a good person and, like, being like, let's just follow the rules for once. But this business that happens a lot, SAG before, I've talked about, like, our old president took her production to Canada so she could avoid SAG rules. You know what I mean? So these things happen in these business, and it's very unfortunate because the people that suffer are everybody below the line. And they can't mm-hmm. say anything because they have to pay their bills. And these are the people that are suffering right now. All the all the the crew members right now are suffering, and only those people that are working for Ryan Murphy right now are actually still working. That's not fair because then what happens is you don't have that pressure on the productions to actually figure out the situation mm-hmm. and this strike, get everybody back to work. So I think what he's doing is very unfair to the whole business in general. Even if it's all written, I think you have to stand up and be like. We gotta do something right. I'm a figurehead. I have to say something about this, and I have to make a stance so everybody else does it because I'm high up. And that's what I've it's always saw for actors shit. too. It's badass shit. You should be. You should no, be on that picket line. He's a scab. He's, He's a, a scab. scab yeah. Ass yeah. Shit. yeah. But to be a badass, you step forward and you do what's yeah. right, and then that can actually help. Totally. And then also as a producer, you can put the pressure on the AMPTP. Mm-hmm to make moves as opposed to just like letting this shit fizzle out and people like break their bank till they go back to work and sign a measly deal. It doesn't help anybody besides the actual studios. And that's what he's doing at the end of the day by still working. And I love his production teams. I love the crew. I love them all. At the end of the day though, Ryan, this is a bad move. That's all I'm saying. It's a bad move. You know what? Honestly, you have a lot more money than me. This this passion from a union man is making me tear up. I think you can see I'm getting a little misty here. (laughs) Like... I, I, I well, love that. I love that lo- love for your for your brothers in the industry around the world. Like, and and I think you're right. I don't think you should try to fuck each other over. I think you gotta. No, try to this love is not the time. I, I'm happy to hear you say that. Yeah, this is not the time for this shit. Put it all aside. I know this is Hollywood. You know, doggy dog, all that shit. But like, put that aside for a second and think of everybody as human beings that are suffering right now and that actually need to make a living. A multi-billionaire. Think about that for a second. That's all I can say. Because they're all busting their ass for you. They deserve better. You just deserve better. Everybody does. And I hope this strike ends soon. Hopefully, if SAG does strike on Wednesday, it helps nip this in the butt and we all get back to work because we need to. We've suffered enough and people deserve to make a living wage. And that's it. So, Ryan Murphy, whatever rap happens, man, I hope it works out for you. And I hope your team stands by you, even though this sucks. This sucks, man. That's all I'm saying. I hope he has a bad Anyways, time. Anyways. I hope Ryan Murphy a has bad. a bad time. 
<laughs> it's it just it's, this whole situation just pisses me off but i'm also coming off covid so i might be even more sensitive about shit who knows anyways everybody thank you so much for being here tonight on cruise control happy friday not going any kind of crazy drinking tonight because i'm still on paxlovid brought to you by pfizer thank you so much for curing that covid on me and uh shout out to pfizer i hate you i hate you i hate you but you do have the cure to baldness so release the zeljance that's all i can say release the zeljance oh yeah you need a cure for baldness with your thick luscious (laughs) bouncy hair over there everybody else needs it everybody else needs it give it up give it up make it free make it rain and uh get back to work wj make some shit happen and ptp and let's get people working because they need it now anyways thank you so much for being here on cruise control happy friday everybody hope you have a great weekend it's been a wild it's been a wild uh, couple weeks but we're back and rolling again we'll be back here on monday kicking some ass as always rachel thank you so much for being here as amazing as you always are kicking some ass on cruise control hope you have a great weekend absolutely you too i'll be back next friday presumably <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll be back next week i'll we'll have you back next week for sure i'm not sure about friday yet i have to keep you posted but uh maybe maybe monday or tuesday i'll talk to you about this after the show i'll be back uh, eventually mr eventually <laughs> eventually mr casey touchy ghost himself he caught 50 ghosts during the commercial break and i hope to see him soon and we're gonna go and release him into the quantum realm and they're gonna kick those ghosts ass thank you so much for being here on cruise control i love your work my my good friend (laughs) how did you you know about those 50 ghosts thank you brian (laughs) thank you sabrina who's who's a a touchy ghost right now thank you uh, you rachel thank you everybody in the chat we appreciate you you. uh thank Thank you you, bsp uh, thank you Thank you. Thank you, Spastic Weasel. Thank you for being here on Cruise Control. Thank you, dogs rummaging around in storm drains. Thank you. Mike, are you going to do the sign-off tonight? Are you doing the sign-off, Mike? You got it? I'm just trying to think of mammals, Brian. I'm just thinking of mammals. This is just helpful. This is not combative. This is really helpful. (laughs) Okay, Mike. Okay. Well, as always, everybody... Thank all those mammals out there. And thank you for being here on Cruise Control. And as always, please like and subscribe. Join our Patreon if you can. And as always, whew, we better tell those marsupial amios. That's what I'm going to say. That's not a word. Tell your friends, your families, your uncles, your cousins, your nephews, your aunts, your nephews, your teenager nephews, your teenage uncles, your large, large brothers who are so big, you're like, I can't touch your forehead. Watch Cruise Control. Tell those weasels, those squirrels, those ankles, those nephews, those those antelopes, those those spastic weasels, those raccoons, those fucking marsupalamis, marsupalamis. Tell them to watch Cruise Control. Everybody out there, you have to keep spreading the word with to keep this bouncing off the walls. People want to see it just like chinchilla and kangaroos and wombats they fucking love it all and you'll love it too keep watching cruise control (laughs) and as always everybody we gotta get moving it's been a great night we went a little bit over have a great friday enjoy your weekend and we'll be back before you know it have a great weekend everybody take care see ya